Now, what how Ben's been getting on while I've been out and about doing the recordings? What's that noise? Jesus Christ, the hell is going on The trees kept going on, the longer it got brighter and brighter, and then the, the words just kept coming out. My God, I'll leave you alone oh, for less than a jump bloody on. week. I'm, oh, you've gone feral. Look at you. Get me out, on. I'm, oh, I'm back. I'm back. I'm all right. You didn't see how... Oh, <laughs> my word. This is one of my shocking oh. things. Good. What, was that? what was that magic you doing? <laughs> I told you. It just came to me. It came to me in the night. Oh, oh dear. This I don't think it good. did at all. <laughs> but it was fun dancing oh, around. Oh, not there. <laughs> me Todd were all warm. I tell you that. But no else was. You fucking arse where it went there, kid. <laughs> Settle yourself down. Get on fire. This is oh. Halloween. I know. That's you why we're be, doing it. <laughs> yeah, you don't need to do that this time. You could... You could Summon a spirit from hell or something. <laughs> you were fun, Aki. You were fun. <laughs> <laughs> oh, anyway, I've been out and about and I've got some great recordings, right? Oof, some good. Great, great recordings for Crack and Cove, oh. the podcast that shines a beacon onto the bazaar. And I'm Matt. And I'm Benny. And that's what I've been doing this week. I've been out and about on the mainland, all over the place, getting some recordings and some juicy stories together for the big fat final of Crack and Cove Halloween specials. Because tomorrow's Halloween, dude. I know. A blue moon will be, a full blue moon will be shining down on is that Halloween night. Is it a full night. blue moon? Yeah, on Halloween night. It's wow. a special Halloween. Wow, that's a, that'd be even double spooky then. So what you guys need for a double spooky Halloween you might even want to say this episode to play it on Halloween yourself. Yeah, oh, that's, that's a good, good one. Fun, yeah. Say it till about 11 o'clock on Halloween night and yeah. press play. Give yourself some scares into the witching hour. <laughs> 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 so without further ado, I better delve into my bag of cassettes oh, and see lad. what I can get to play for, all, for, for Benny Boy and for all you listeners out there. First story we've got for you today is from my mate and your mate, Deep Dive Dave. Ah, oh, sweet nice. mate. We're going to be hearing a bit more from Dave later on because we're going to do a few specials here and there for the, the lighthouse episodes yeah. when Benny can't be around or when I'm tapping into Dave's 
formidable resources of knowledge. He knows a lot of stuff. He does, he's a clever bloke. Yeah, and it's, it's the sort of thing I, I'm, so I'm hoping to do that with a, with a couple of different people, not just. Uh, we're not losing Benny. Hey, whoa! <laughs> we've, still, we've still got. With, Benny, Benny's going to be here obviously every week, but what I'm going to be doing sometimes is just nipping across to the mainland and tapping into a little bit of information that other people might have on subjects that. I'm not particularly familiar about, so I've read a lot of stuff, but some people know a little bit more than I do. So tap that's, that knowledge, Arky. Yeah, tap that knowledge. Tapping, tapping the knowledge for, <laughs> for the lighthouse. Yeah, baby. Yeah. So, but, so, but luckily, because I've been around to talk to Dave uh, while he was there, he had a little bit of a spooky story for me too. Lovely. So, over to you, Dave. I'm here again with uh, Deep Dive Dave. <laughs> That's me. <laughs> to record, uh, 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 to record your telling of a, a, an incident. So, yes. if you'd let us know what yes. that might be. Yes, this is my my paranormal, my personal paranormal experience. Oh. Um, I've had one or two, but this is the one that was. I was reminded about it by that video that I forwarded to you. With Phil Linnott's daughters, have you seen it? I have, yeah. And I'll just give a quick rundown for the listener. Okay. Uh, it's basically it's Phil uh, Phil Linnott or Linnott. I don't know which one's yeah. right. Is it? Linnett? I say Linnott. Yeah, I say Linnott. Yeah, uh, we'll stick yeah. with that. So it's Phil Linnott's daughters are being interviewed on an Irish television program about their dad talking about the dad, yeah. and there's a picture of him on the wall behind them. That's right. And as they're talking about him. It just flies off the wall, doesn't it? Yes. It just falls straight yes. off, and there's yes. no reason, rhyme or reason for it. Yes. And you can hear the audience freak out, can't you? It's yeah. like, oh yeah. my yeah. God. Yeah. And yeah. yeah, so that's a sort of a strange incident, wasn't it? Yeah, so I saw that and I thought, oh God, yeah, because of course that happened to me. And I forgot to tell Matt about oh, that. Oh, wow. So hence I went, oh, Matt, you've got to see this because it's yeah. reminded me of something. So it's back, um, my, my mum passed away. Um, over 10 years ago now okay and um, so it was pretty close close to that and what we were we were having a family meeting it was to do with as these things <laughs> do tend towards the will okay and there was um, I mean there was some slight contention nothing nothing that we couldn't uh, get over nothing insurmountable but we did need a little bit of a, a family meeting about it right um, so we met at my stepfather's house uh, and present with me and my two sisters, also my stepbrother and uh, stepsister, which is um, my stepfather's kids from his previous marriage. So there were, how many is that? Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six of us sat around the table and in the dining room and we'd been doing um, some some small talk just just chatting and then we were about to have this meeting and we were discussing mum's will and everything so at a natural pause i kind of i was leading the meeting so okay. i breathed in about to start the meeting when slap down comes mum's picture flat onto the onto the floor no. we, you know all of us just come, all of us just froze and went, whoa, what was that? And we saw it was mum's picture on the floor. Wow. Um, had it been on the wall? Or on was... the wall, yeah. It had been on the wall. It was like, not in the dining room, it was in the hallway. So this, so the sound came from a sort of different room. It was like, what was that? Oh, whoa. Uh, and someone went through, it went, went it's a picture on the floor, yeah. Uh, and it was, it was mum's picture. And it was as if she was saying, right, you lot, you're about to have a, a meeting, and I, and we, I know there's a, 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 a slight bone of contention, but you know, 
She was, just make sure you keep it civil. <laughs> it was, was as if to say, you just mind, I'm, I'm watching. She was like the unseen mediator. Yes, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was like, don't, you know, don't get carried away. Because that, it, the argument there, obviously many people would say, oh, that's it's a coincidence. But, of course. Of but, course. but the amount of stories of that happening. Yeah, yeah. It's just every time they mention bang, picture comes down. And it's, yeah. and it's a, it's too, it's too sort of like an important incident to ignore. The timing, the timing for me kind of pushes it. In that t- I mean, look around you, see all these pictures. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See all these pictures. Not once have <laughs> these pictures come off yeah. the wall. Not what, not once, except maybe when one of my daughters has smashed into it. But yeah, it, but one of these has not just suddenly. That's a physical intervention, off. though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, in my, you know, since living here, it's never happened, right? So the timing of that happening, just with the proximity to my mum's uh, passing away, and the fact that we were at, at that second about to start, yeah. Uh, a, a meeting which might have uh, have had some contention in it. I think that that timing makes it an interesting story to me. The way that that Phil yeah, Lynott's yeah. painting came off in the middle of a live show, yeah, with uh, yeah, it, was, on, it was recorded, uh, it was seen, and it was one of those, it was such a weird thing. Yeah, and also the did you feel like everyone else at the meeting? Did everyone's behaviour change due to that? Do you think? <laughs> yes, everybody on the best behaviour. Yeah. yeah. Well, we were all going to be on our best behaviour anyway. She needn't have worried. Put it yeah. that way. Um, the people present. I mean, we talked about it afterwards. My sisters are, are open to um, to what we might call the paranormal. So yeah. they were like, "Ah, oh, that was just totally mum sending a message, wasn't it?" <laughs> <laughs> Whereas my stepfather. <laughs> Um, he's a materialist. Um, he he com- completely would just put it down to one of those things. Um, <laughs> you know, that's the way. That's the way it is. Which, whatever your yeah. world, whatever your worldview is, you'll interpret it as best suits you, right? And there we have it. That's Dave's story. Oh, that is no coincidence, is it? For no. all the pictures in all the house, and at that perfect time, bang. Yeah. Down it goes. Well, this is the thing. I mean, you, 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 there's obviously an argument to say, oh, it's a coincidence and it's not, you know, it's this. But I don't think so. I think it's I something, don't. it's a message, it's a sign, it's yeah. a little bit of a thing coming through there. And as well, Dave's, he's, he's, he's approaches most things with a, with a very sceptical eye. Yeah. You know? yeah. He's, he's got his belief systems, he, he's got his beliefs. But he's a very sceptical person. But I think at anyone, you'd have to have an absolute sort of like iceberg for a soul. Yeah. If you're at a meeting regarding your mother's estate and you, you know the information. So that you just sucked into, you know, to start like, <gasps> bah, you make such yeah. a, you know, <laughs> wow. He's just too much, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just, look, this one, don't keep any photos here. Yeah. Anybody <laughs> flying around. Can't have that in the middle of the cove. Can we, you know, <laughs> Slapping that on your donut. No. <laughs> so thanks a lot, Dave. Yeah, well done, deep down, Dave. <laughs> So 
got a new story here now, and this is going to be coming from JP. Oh, nice. Now, yeah, so I, uh, I had a great trip round to JP's house. We did social distancing, but we managed to uh, managed to get some recording done at his uh, his very lovely house. Oh, I bet. And um, it was great because we had he got the got the log fire going. Oh, the, log fire the atmosphere. Yeah, we could it. get like uh, get the recorder um, between us, sort of like uh, a yeah. that's a big table between us, so we're okay for that. All all, all safe and good. Mm-hmm. And then I was around there originally just for one story, but luckily JP managed to double bubble. Double well bubble. done, JP. Yeah. So this one is uh, coming from JP now. So over to you, mate. So um, so we're here with JP in JP's very lovely house. <laughs> it's old. It's very old. It's an old and lovely house. It's that's very right, nice. Yeah. But you have a bit of a strange story about it. Well, that's what I mean. It's old, so so that's a bit significant. I think it, it dates back to the house dates back to about um about sixteen seventy ish. Really? Yeah, it's it's pretty old. Wow. So, I mean but you're a tall guy as well, so this is quite lucky that you can move around with the beams <laughs> and stuff. And that's that that is true. That is that's true. Basically, one one night, uh, uh shortly after the children were born, well, about four years after the children were born, the first one was born, um Oh, you've got to remember that the house is quite small, and right. the landing is very small, and the rooms are quite small. Right. One night, uh, I was lying in bed with my head by the door onto the landing. Okay. And I heard what I thought was one of the children get out of bed, yeah. as clear as day. Now, there was nobody. My wife was on the other side of the bed, so it couldn't have been her, because she'd had to walk past me. And I heard one of the children get out of bed. Now, obviously, if you've got a four- or five-year-old child, and they get up and walk across the floor, yeah. boards, which, as I say, it's an old house, and they creak and they groan. Yeah. And I heard the footsteps, and I heard the bathroom door open, and it was as clear as day, because they must have been about less than 10 feet from my head and I went I I listened and as the bathroom door opened I heard nothing else nothing it sets off the dad alarm in your head so the dad alarm exactly (laughs) it did it it went off so I thought this is very peculiar I haven't heard any feet on the bathroom floor I've just heard the feet on the creaky floorboards so I waited nothing waited nothing I thought this is very peculiar there must be Trouble. I imagine I've yeah. waited about two minutes. Thought, right, up you get. Uh, up I get. <laughs> and I went to the bathroom, and nobody, nobody there. Nothing there. And it, I heard those footsteps as clear as day, as clear as day, and there was nobody in the bathroom. And I remember thinking to myself at that time that is exactly what you would possibly expect like a ghost story to be like yeah. and that is I went to all the rooms they were all fast asleep my wife was asleep in the and there was no doubt that there were footsteps across the floor so I thought that sounds to me like an absolute encounter with a ghost so anyway this is now this happened again oh, right. a little bit later and then shortly after this um, again I was in bed and I was awake at yeah. night, and I felt the, I felt something come and sit on the bed. And I sat up and thought, someone's just come and sat on the bed. And I sat up, and there was just nothing there. And the bed kind of felt normal, but I'd felt it kind of sink. sink a bit. And it was at the corner, 
So it could so have. And you feel that you, you it, kind it, of go, so, like, yeah, it, yeah. It wasn't like my wife or anything else. Yeah. But the thing was that when it sank, it was as though whoever had come in had come in through the door. So again, from the landing. So the right through the door yeah, yeah. to the right. And the bed sank. And I remember thinking, oh, that is so strange. That is so weird. Anyway, I thought nothing more of it. Um, and then about about a month later, my mother-in-law came around to stay at the house. Okay, yeah. I never told anyone about this. I never said anything about it. My mother-in-law came around to stay at the house. And at this point, we were... Um, I can't remember exactly what was going on, but that room, she slept in our bedroom on yeah. our bed. And the next morning she came down and she said, do you know what? She said, last night, I'm absolutely sure someone came into my room and sat on the corner of the bed. Oh, no and I, way. And I said, I said to her, you're joking, aren't you? She said, no. I said, um, I said no, without telling her anything, I said, which corner was it? And she said, it was the front right-hand corner of the Same bed. Same as you. And it was exactly the same one as me. Yeah. A classic haunting tale there. That's it though, it is a classic one. The amount of spooky stars I've heard of that similar type of feel to it, you know. That yeah. depression on bedding, you know it. First of all, like it's, it's that old in it, you know what I mean? It's gonna have yeah. loads of echoes from the past there. Those yeah. creaky floorboards. As a dad, as a man of the house, you know those type of things, don't you? You yeah. get to know your floorboards and that footsteps of a bit of pattern. It's unmistakable. When you know your kids getting up, you know that yeah. sort of the whole atmosphere, the whole thing, you know. You, you, sometimes when you essentially eating off and your house cold and you hear the creaks, you get to know them within yeah. the first month or two of living yeah, in an you house. You know your ticks and your clicks. Exactly, and all after about five years, you know every noise, don't you? Well, it's, it's actually that feeling of somebody sitting on the corner of the bed. I mean, I've been listening to a lot of, uh, you know, spooky stories, reading yeah, a lot of yeah. stuff, been doing a lot of research for the shows. I've listened to a story of that every day. I have listened to a story yeah. of somebody coming in and sitting on the edge of a bed every day, and I just think, um, and funnily enough, I saw JP again a little bit later on, he said, we was listening to the shows, and he said, well, there's one of the stories. Yeah. I can't remember which one it is now, but it's one where of a similar yeah. kind of haunting to that. Yeah. But I think he's, he's, because it's been corroborated, somebody else says, oh, it's in your bedroom, and somebody's on the side of my bed. Which yeah. side? The you know, far right side. That's a second person feeling it. And plus, you can kind of empathise with the goals, you know, like if you're in that void and you're in your old house and you are just lost, kind of, yeah. you're in it, you can't get out of it and you're seeing other people in it, that kind of confusement and, you and know, you're wandering from room to room exactly. and you go into what was your own bedroom. Yeah. You kind of would sit down and look, wouldn't you? Yeah. You know what I mean? You, yeah, you could stand just above looking down, but that kind of confusement, that kind of having another look, thinking, what is going on here? That lost sit, yeah. And just start to sit down and then go up. <laughs> that is really, yeah, really spooky. Yeah, it's that second it, yeah. person. It was good front floorboards, and him having that. Then the third incident. Oh, like, oh wow! Wow! Cheers, oh, JP. well done, JP. That was a spooktastic. <laughs> <laughs> People are giving us one story, two stories, all that sort of stuff, you know. Mm. But I'm lucky, you see, because somebody's given us three stories. In fact, a couple of people have given wow, us three stories. Beautiful. And one of the people who's given us three stories is 
GeForce! Oh, Papa G, he's back! <laughs> he's back! And what this is really, this episode, this is a, it's a bit of a self-indulgence. Because mm-hmm. these are some of my favourite stories I've heard. I've actually I've actually hunted down people to get favourite stories. You said it was going to be the spookiest. Yeah, and I think this is the spookiest, this one. I think this is this sort of like the spooky true life tales of people. So I'm really lucky because the the, the, the listeners have really come up trumps with all this I'm shocked. I thought we, if we were lucky to get one episode, I oh, thought... Uh, it, I'm not kidding, we could do it, another episode if we wanted to. Oh, wow. No, thanks <laughs> so, yeah, so much, people. That is just yeah, thank it. you. Everybody, thank you very, very much. It's been brilliant. It's been an amazing experience. Experience, meeting people, talking to them, and hearing about what they've been up to, yeah. what's happened to them. You know, it's really sort of like. A well done, you, yeah. Matt. You've been in that party panda, just blasting around the cove area, flying around, yeah. flying around <laughs> in your party panda. <laughs> so what I think, without further ado, right? Let's. This is. This I think this might be my favourite story of the three of G Force, and that's why I've saved it back for now. So um, yeah, it's all yours, G Force. Go. Well, it'd be 62, 63, something like that. Yeah. I worked as an apprentice electrician then in a steel foundry. Yeah. And in the steel foundry, the workshop for the fitters and electricians was one big room on a three-story building. We worked ground floor and big double doors into it. These double doors opened and automatically closed by a clever concoction of a piece of rope and a sandbag. Oh, all right, I'm with you, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and a pulley. Low-tech. Low-tech. But uh, working in, I was working on a particular machine here towards the doorway, and all of a sudden this door banged open. And I mean banged open. This bloke came in, Jack Rivers they call it. Yeah. In, straight across the room, took benches at the other side, slumped against him, down on the floor, and sat on his backside. So you see, he, he, he were on his butt on the floor. On his butt on the floor. Wow, so he, he collapsed. He looked, he looked shocking. He really did. And everybody just stopped. You've got to bear in mind then, this is the 60s. All these guys then were 30s. They'd all been in the war. They'd all been, yeah. You know, there were submariners there. There were a tanky there. Wow. There were a bloke there. Some brave guys. Oh, there's some guys, yeah. There were yeah. A, one of little Ronnie Riggs with a chin bit. Oh, was he? To land another stand, stand out from two para. Yeah. You know, they'd all done the time for the country. So there were no cowards. Yeah. This Jack Rivers was an ex-tanky man. So he was brave and in a tank, yeah. yeah. You know, and he'd been brewed up two or three times. (laughs) So, you know, it took a lot to... Yeah, these guys had nerve. Yeah, nerve. so, So, Arthur Smith came up. What's up with you? He says... Oh, and he's shaking. He said, I've seen a ghost. Well, this guy worked in what they call the sand plant area, looking after the conveyors. Well, as you in steel foundry, you, you pour steel into a cast into a mould that's yeah. made of sand. The sand's then shaken out. Yeah. The steel goes to be treated, and the sand goes back on underground conveyors. All right. Yeah. And these conveyors can be five, six hundred yards long. Right. And the crossing, you know, as you go down one way to change direction, the sand drops onto another conveyor. Oh, I'm so with it's you. It's all yeah, underground. Yeah. Right. These tunnels are about five foot high. Yeah. In places they go deeper in where you change direction and things, and then eventually they get to an elevator that takes the sand up and back through the processing to be recycled. Yeah. yeah. And they had a little workshop. So it went down sort of three or four stairs and then turned and it's an open bit so you could you know as you're going downstairs you can see him stood there working yeah. with his bench and so you go down these steps then you cross his workshop yeah and through like a, a another passageway entrance yeah down some more steps to the next level right and it turns out he's he's been working the way there so this bloke walked past him 
you yeah. know, you know. I thought you were on because he wasn't wearing a bonus suit. Right. He said he was wearing a suit jacket. Yeah. An old one, dirty. Yeah. Baggy trousers and what we call burlap boots. Now, burlap boots were wooden clogs with steel strips on. Oh, That right. you only wore when you're working and hot steel, you know, if you're oh, working. I'm with you, yeah. So you didn't choose it, you just go steel, molten steel, and just go straight through them. So, but I heard him coming down steps, so I looked at him, how do? And he's, how do back? And he walked yeah. past me. Yeah. And he says, it's only after he'd gone. I thought, what's he doing down here? Yeah. He shouldn't be down here. So right out in the middle of nowhere down he, he there. He shouldn't be down yeah, there. Yeah. So he said, oh, I'll go after, he's probably, you know, looking for something, some, or yeah. looking for something. I'll go, I'll go see what he wants. And he went down steps and down tunnel. He said, there's about four or five hundred yards. You know, working my way down it, because he says it's a bit dusty with sand, sand in there. Yeah, and yeah. But there's no way out. Yeah, it's there's a grill at the other end where sand drops in. So he goes, you know that? Oh, what? He says, ah, looks everywhere for it. Under conveyor, he says, you know. Yeah. Somebody's winding me up here. Yeah. He says, the more and more, he says, I looked, and the more and more I'm convinced that that was a ghost. He said, he had a white muffler. He described it, because he's describing it, shot, there's a bloke leaning on the lathe. And he says, it, it sounds like Tommy Hardcastle. What? So, who's Tommy Hardcastle? Back in the 30s, when they were making that pit, yeah. he fell down it and died. Oh, no way. <laughs> Tommy Hardcastle. Yeah. Oh, what? That's bizarre, oh, isn't yeah. it? No, but, well, I mean, it must have been the dawning on it for him to dawn and suddenly get that fear. Oh, yeah. He said, uh, he said it wasn't straight away. He says it was only when I realised that he wasn't here. That he, just the chills went in. I were, I'm worried. I, I, I'm not happy. I don't want to be here. The haunted foundry. I don't want to be here. Oh. And he wouldn't go back down there. Wouldn't he? He wouldn't go back down there. And that he was his that job. Was his job. But luckily, all because they were all tough mates, yeah. the foreman couldn't do anything about it. He changed, moved his job. But anybody who went down there, everybody ever after that went down in pairs. Really? They wouldn't go on their own. Even I, well, this Donnie Riggs would lamp, what we call lamp man. He yeah. used to change light bulbs. Yeah. If somebody reported the light bulb, he used to have to go do it. Like I say, he were a chindy. Yeah. Two people had to go. Wow. Unfortunately, I think normally it would be that would drag with him. <laughs> there we have a story of a haunted foundry. Oh, it sounded like Lord of Rings or something, didn't it? <laughs> Papa G working in Lord of Rings time as well. <laughs> burn them, burn them all. <laughs> God, what a picture, what a picture of hell, isn't it? That's oh. all. What was that word though? Chindig or something? What's Chindit. That? It's a chindy. It's a, that's it what? A, yeah, what it was is towards the back end of the war. Um, it was the, because obviously in the Far East and all sorts of stuff, they're actually in Burma oh, with the soldiers. Wow. But because it was so remote, what they kind of did was they got the um, these guys. I don't know why they call them chindits. I don't know how it works out, but it's, these guys were almost like a, like rangers. They acted all like. Right. So they'd go in. Um, get like locals as army, yeah, as military, yeah. train them up and use them as guerrilla workforce, wow, you know, guerrilla yeah. soldiers, you yeah, know. Yeah. Yeah. And they were experts in guerrilla warfare with chindis. And it's like that forgotten war in it, Burma. You, yeah. you couldn't get a pack of harder men, could you? No, you know you what I mean? No. The, the horrors that they've seen through yeah. time. 
and then it just like I say, fully seeing that spectre. He's just that's too much. Absolutely shattered wow. himself. Yeah, yeah, absolutely terrifying. God, that guy heads up did that. That's crazy. Yeah. Especially you knowing what was his name, Charlie or someone yeah. like that. Is it Charlie Hardcastle yeah. or something? You know what I mean? It sounds like Charlie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like Charlie. Yeah. Jesus. Old Christ. Charlie down there amongst all sand. Oh. All these things grinding away. Walking forever. The Hello. eternal walk. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> So we've heard from a few chaps there, you know. Um, Tales so, so far. Yeah. Um, but what we've got here on this one, it's uh, uh, an old friend of mine, uh, Janie Warnpaws. No way. Yeah. Hiya, Janie. You're right, love. Uh, all the way from Australia. Is she um, in Oz now? Yeah, she's in Oz now. Wow, yeah, those so Warnpaws are even hotter in Australia. Are, they get into all sorts of films. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, but I remember the story she told me years and years and years ago. We're talking 20, 26, 27 years ago now. And um, it's always stuck with me, and I I remember it, so I could probably tell it straight off the top of my head. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, I reached out to Janie, and she was good enough to write it all out for me. So oh, I've got her. her written account, yeah. uh, and I'm going to read that all to you all now. Oh, cheers, so, Janie Warnpaws. Here we go. So the house where this happened is semi-detached or an end terrace. It's that long ago that Janie says she can't quite remember which one it is, but you know. It wasn't an old house and was built on a relatively new housing estate in Farnborough in Hampshire. And Jane at the time was about 20 years old. And it was owned by her boyfriend's mother and uh, they were only living there a couple of years. And as she says, a few strange things happened over our time there, culminating in seeing what she calls the Victorian man. We had two Doberman dogs, and the female one was very sensitive. On a few occasions in the evening, she would start growling and stand up and turn around on the spot as if someone was walking around her. Sometimes the curtain would move as if someone had walked through it and pushed it aside. Then things would be moved around, and we all spent a while blaming each other for moving them. Things like keys, watches and wallets. It got so frequent for a while that each person thought someone in the house was playing a long-running joke on everyone and keeping up really well. Sometimes, Sean and I would be lying in bed in the morning and hear footsteps in the other room, but when we checked, no one was there. It was Sean's mum's room, and we knew that she was not there as she had gone to work. We had to check as it was definitely the sound of footsteps. The weirdest room was the small, spare bedroom. It was always cold, and the cat and dogs never went in there. One occasion, Laura's boyfriend Peter was in the house for an hour or so, and asked Laura why we were being so quiet upstairs. Laura told him we'd gone out to the pub before he arrived. But Peter asked her, so who had he waved at in the spare bedroom? He was adamant that he could see a figure looking out from behind the curtain. My sister's boyfriend did not believe there was anything wrong with the spare bedroom, so we dared him to stay in there for one night. And he did, 
but he hardly slept and in the morning he said he would never stay in the house again and never wanted to talk about it again. The night of the event that really freaked me out and convinced me that something sinister was amongst us, we had been to the pub for a couple of beers. We came home to an empty house and walked in and turned on the downstairs hall light. As we walked further into the hallway, Sean started tickling me and we fell back onto the bottom of the stairs giggling. And I sensed someone looking at me and I glanced up to the top landing which was now straight ahead of me as I looked up from the stairs. The midway landing had a full length mirror on it that shone enough light from the downstairs hallway onto the top landing for me to make out the outline of a figure. I thought I must be imagining things and looked away, but when I looked back the figure was still there. I could not see the face as it was in shadow, but could see it was a powerfully built man and he was wearing a wide brimmed hat and Victorian style cape. And I knew he was looking at me, and I also knew he was not a nice man. I freaked and tried to scream, but couldn't, so started to push Sean off of me. Sean thought I was just mucking around, so started tickling me again. And it took all my strength to forcibly push Sean off me, and he fell back onto the hallway looking shocked at my behaviour. I stood up and I knew the man was still looking at me and I felt really sick. I could still see him through the mirror on the midway landing. I could not speak for a minute and Sean was starting to get worried about me. Then I rushed into the living room, turning on all the lights that I could and told him what I had seen. And Sean believed me because I was so shaken and pale that also he had experienced some weird happenings in the house as well. He went into the hall and turned more lights on and he went upstairs to check the place and he saw nothing. But from then on, I would not look up at the spare room as I entered the house and I would turn on all the lights before I looked upstairs. We moved out not long after. Interestingly, after the event, we found out that the other houses on the estate were experiencing strange things, such as really cold rooms, curtains swaying, pets behaving strangely and there was one neighbour who had a small daughter who was found one day talking to someone. When asked who, she said it was an old man who used to live nearby. Her parents were freaked out, especially as the room had gone cold as ice and it was a summer day. The girl saw the man several times. We later found out the housing estate had been built on an old Victorian dumping site. And who knows what was dumped there back in the day. If there were any bodies disposed of, I reckon my Victorian man has something to do with it. His presence was pure evil, and it gives me goosebumps just remembering. God, Jenny, <laughs> man, wow. No, I loved it. I mean, to be honest, oh. she's written that exactly as she told it, and and she saw that probably ten years before we met. Yeah, yeah. So this is something that's gone back that thirty odd years. Yeah, that the she clarity she to it, exactly. And she hadn't changed it in all them years that you hadn't heard the story. So, just crystal same. Exactly the same. Now, I just want to sort of like quickly chat about this one because basically, what that ticks all the boxes of the Shadow Man or the Hat Man. These are two entities which are just so common, and they are throughout every single country on earth has an entity that is either the Hat Man or the Shadow Man, oh. and they are. 
their disbelief to these incredibly powerful beings and the feeling is always the same yeah. of menace total fear and dread yeah. and that feeling of sickness God. All over the place. Now, Jane, that's why I wanted to tell this story to everyone because this is my sort of one removed experience with the hat man. Yeah, yeah. And I didn't know about it when she first told me this. I, I didn't know anything about it. And the weird thing is, I've, I've talked to Jane, well, emailed and things. Yeah, yeah. And I said, Do you do know you've had a hat man experience? And she goes, I don't know what you mean. Yeah. She's not into this stuff at all. Yeah, yeah. She's out on mountain biking and skiing and doing <laughs> all sorts of fun stuff in us. And, uh, but she doesn't know about the hat man. Ah. But we do, Ugh. and that's where we presented the dear reader with a Hatman story. Oh man, it's grim though. That just that, how she described that bottom of the steps thing. That you know, knowing it straight away, especially in that mirror, you know, like yeah. Just, oh my god, that feeling of probably is not nice. You know what I mean? Yeah, well, that's it. It's not a nice man. God, he waved at window though. That was kind of <laughs> 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 Hiya, <laughs> Hatman here. <laughs> Now I was really lucky because one of my best mates is uh, is a chap called Jim, and he's a great, great lad. Uh, and he was luckily managed to come across um, again, socially, uh, socially distanced, and kept everything clean and sorted. <laughs> and he came across to actually came to Kraken Cove, mate. Did he? Did he? Yeah, now we're out and about. Yeah, I thought well, you must have been dancing nudie around fire longer than I thought. <laughs> I've been doing it quite a while. I should be getting into that one, mate. And it, he was good enough to give us. Give us three stories. He gives wow. three stories as well. Cheers, Jim. Spot on. And usually, what I like to do with these situations is split them up and you know play one here and play yeah, one yeah. there. But they're kind of linear in the way the work of these stories. What do you mean, like short and snappy? Yeah, so. they are. They're well linear, as in sort of like they're, they're, they're all work around the same place. Yeah. Um, and they all sort of like happen kind of one thing after another. All oh, right. Yeah, yeah, like LinkedIn. Yeah, I'll yeah. play them all. Yeah, mate. So Let's get into we'll, the feel we'll, of it. We'll have a little break between them, as in to have a quick chat, see what you yeah, think. But yeah. we'll, we'll be quick about. It. We'll be snappy yeah. with uh, with these ones. So we're going to hand the mic over to to Jim. Go on, Jim lad. Right, we've got a special visitor at Kraken Cove today. We've got Jim. How's it going, mate? Very well. You? Yeah, very well, mate. Excellent. Yeah. We're sort of distanced. We're safe distance at the cove. We are, we are. And I managed to get here without being attacked by those dolphins, which was uh, fantastic. <laughs> well, Robo Pete was looking after you very well, wasn't absolutely, he? Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> but um, Jim's here with a few really interesting, well, ghost stories, aren't there? Or, um, explain. Well, how do you How would you explain? I can't explain it. Yeah, that's the uh, that's the interesting uh, aspect. Um, I would uh, I would say, yeah, it's certainly uh, um, something that I experienced and haven't experienced since, and yeah. all in the same place, rather rather bizarrely. And where was that place? Um, it was oh gosh, how long ago was it? Ten years ago. I yeah. used to work um, at Salt's Mill in Saltaire, oh, right. the World Heritage um, site. Yeah, um, famous by a Hockney painting. Uh, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it was in exactly the same building. Um, we worked on the top floor, and I believe they're on the second floor. So a very high security area, as you can uh, can imagine. Yeah. yeah so yeah. Uh, so three interesting um, episodes, yeah. shall we? Shall we say? All right. So would you start us off with the with the first incident that you you recall? Uh, yeah. Well, so like like I say, I used to work for a firm. We used to um, design and manufacture um, clothing. 
and the operations base was based on the top floor at Salts, uh, Salts Mill uh, and manufacturing took place in various um, corners of the um, of the world and uh, myself and a colleague we were working there late at night nothing untoward all, wor- all working very very uh, <laughs> above board yeah. um, and um, uh, attached to the uh, offices that we were in there was a small um, little retail outlet that used to sell um, various uh, clothing extra clothing oh, that yeah, we made yeah, and, yeah. Uh, and things like that and um the uh, owner of that shop, he'd got some nice uh, bits of furniture, uh, antique furniture in there, um, just to make it look a bit posher, yeah. if you like, for all the uh, the people coming uh, coming through. And um, we were working there, it was probably, I don't know, seven o'clock at night, and um, uh, there was a door that went from our office through into the, uh, into the uh, retail outlet, and um, just working away. And one of the pieces of furniture within there was uh, a mini um, grand piano, all right. And uh, on occasions, you would have you know mums come in or dads with their with their children, and obviously the little dears would start little tinkling away on the uh, on the ivory, yeah. um, you know, and uh, you know they were playing all the right notes, but not necessarily in the right, right order, um, shall we say? And um, and so we were working late at night, and the shop had been um, shut up, and um, the front of the shop it had two large iron gates. They may well have been the original. Salt's oh, mill yeah, because there is a lot of that within the mill. There is, yeah, it's the same yeah. Sort of retained as much as they can. A- absolutely, of the gear, which absolutely. So, um, so there's two. There were two huge wrought iron gates, and they were closed, and they had um, they had just a chain around it with a yeah. with a padlock. And so we were working there uh, late at night, and um, I just heard of just one of the one of the um, the keys on well, I, what I thought was one of the keys yeah. on the um, on the piano. And I thought that's a bit. Bit odd, yeah. Um, and um, I turned to my colleague and said, "Did you hear that?" And she said, "Yeah, yeah." She said, "It's probably a ghost." And we went, "Ha ha ha!" And and so jokingly, I said, uh, "I said, oh, if there's a ghost there, do you want to play us a few more uh, a few more tunes?" And I swear, we heard a no. along the uh, along the uh, along the uh, the, um, oh, the from the grand piano. Yeah. And uh, so we both looked at each other. And um, I thought I'm going to go in there and see and see what's what. So I went inside and the lights were, were off and the piano was there and the lid on the piano was was down. Was down. We, we tend to keep it down to try and stop the kids yeah. annoying us next door when uh, when they were in the in the shop. Um, and you know the gates were closed. Yeah. Um, there was no other way out of there. Uh, and you know and it was padlocked padlocked shut and it was completely secure. You, you, basically. you couldn't. Well, theoretically, somebody could have. Climbed over the gates. Yeah, but there's no way they could have done that. Done that silently. Well, if, if they were doing that, they were doing it for for a, a reason to steal. But and so the next day you'd have seen evidence of theft. I'd imagine. Or if they were kind of, why would anyone climb over? If they, if they were trying to be stealthy, why would they play the piano for you? Well, well the, the thing <laughs> is, the thing is, at that stage, because of um, because of the Hockney Gallery downstairs. Obviously, you've got security yeah. guards, um, uh, and generally speaking, they locked off the whole building at yeah. a certain at a certain time. And when we were working, they would come up and ask us what time we were we were finishing. I see what you mean. Um, yeah. And they would leave access. Uh, there wasn't access into the building. There was access on the stairwells out of the building. Yeah, I see. What you mean. So it was there was nobody nobody could really get get in there. But there's no way somebody could get over those gates without they would have made a right rattle. Yeah. As they as they went. Um, Wait, went are, are these gates actually on the stairwell? No, no, the gates. Oh. Um, there's, there's, best way to describe yeah. it is there's, there's, there's a corridor, quite a wide corridor, 
uh, outside of our offices that, that joins right, with you. one stairwell at one end and goes across and down another stairwell at the at the other end. Something. And if you consider it, it was almost like a large weaving. Each floor is like a large weaving shed. Yeah, yeah. Um, in that um, in that respect. But likewise, when somebody comes in, one you can hear that door. They're all on. They're all fire doors, so they all slam shut. Yeah. So um, everything's and, secure um, and everything's locked. Uh, and uh, that at that point, we can get out by pushing a bar. Yeah. Um, but people can't get in yeah. at that stage because, needless to say, they don't want people nicking off with the hot meals, um <laughs> un- <laughs> unnecessarily. Um, so that I I could not explain. Was there any that. atmosphere? Was it cold, or was it just a matter that that was just it, it occurred? No, I mean to be honest, even when you were working there late at night on your own, yeah, you know you'd and and you know it's a dark, you know it's a dark, you know. Well, that wasn't a dark satanic mill. He was actually quite a nice guy, wasn't he? He was, yeah, yeah. He was tight to salt. A great philosopher. Um, I, yeah. I, I never felt kind of unease yeah, at being there yeah. on my on my own. I've never found it a creepy place. Never. No, I no. love it. I think it's a warm, uh, inviting, um, relaxing place. Uh, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. So, so that was that was that, and I, and you know, I I. I I've got an interest, as as you know, in in, in the paranormal, but yeah. it, it is a sceptical yeah. interest. I think we approach it in a very similar yeah. way, don't we? And, yeah, yeah. Um, so I'm not, uh, you know, I'm not immediately thinking, you know, but you know, you try and you try and fathom what it what it uh, what it could have been. You know, was there a giant rat running along the yeah not, the wires? But, but, but yeah. I, I just I just don't see that as a reasonable. Yeah. So so no, I don't I don't have a, a rational. Um, explanation it is uh, for that. genuinely unexplained it, uh, it is um, and like I say it wasn't just experienced by by me it was experienced yeah. by by the was by, by a colleague and there we have the first of Jim's stories oh that's excellent he got me at the first plink that went down my spine <laughs> did you see me move away? Yeah, I did a weird yeah. shiver and then the did, like, yeah. oh my god it tells a good tale oh, very the good yeah. and you can't get a spooky place in salt air and tight to salt you know oh. what I mean it's just the whole thing he seems like a really nice fella you know yeah, what I mean that was him because mm. you think a lot of mill workers might not have been able to play the piano yeah and there he is still wandering through his mill yeah, playing the ivories yeah tinkling away god yeah. that would have good but can you imagine working late at Salt's Mill, seven, eight, nine o'clock nah. at night on your own? Oh man, it'd be in my head, it really would. It would, I couldn't do it. Yeah, I don't know. I'd I be in all sorts. I'd be just sniffing down too much for it, and then if I did hear it, I'd be just running off. <laughs> 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 uh, but I would encourage anyone uh, anyone out there, if you've not been at Salt's Mill, well worth the trip up there. Yeah, definitely. The art is absolutely yeah. awesome. Yeah. Um, lovely cafe. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and it's just a great place, and who knows if you stay late enough. You might just get a spooky experience. Yeah, could well. Just like Jim and this second one. Mm. And um, so that was the first um, uh, experience that we um, that we had, or I had. Yeah. I, I had there, uh, and then um, on another occasion, again, I think there was just me working uh, working late uh, on that uh, that occasion in the same in the same office. Uh, and as I mentioned before, because there's the Hockney Gallery um, down below. Um, the security is, is quite uh, intense there, uh, and generally speaking, the security guard will come up and say, "Jim, what time are you, are you finishing?" So yeah. he'll, he'll then come back later on, or I'll let him know that I'm going, so he can come and completely yeah, lock up the yeah. um, uh, lock up the top floor. Um, and on this occasion, they must have had a new a new security guard uh, because he didn't come up and find out oh, uh, right. um, what time I was finishing. But I didn't think I didn't you know I was busy with yeah. my work. I didn't. Uh, I didn't think anything. Um, I didn't think anything of it, and the time came to um, leave the um, uh, leave the office, um, and um, so headed out into the corridor, 
and headed out into the stairwell. Now, these stairwells are really interesting, aren't they? Could you describe them to us? <laughs> yeah, I mean... Because I think they're a thing of beauty in themselves. Well, they, well, they are. I mean, you know, it's... You know, they're, they're large, wide stone steps, you know. Because in the day, you know, that needed to be... You know, a lot of people would have been going up and down, yeah, up and down those hundreds, steps. Hundreds, yeah. Um, and, you know, they are... You know, you go up, you know, maybe ten steps, and then it reverses back and goes the other way, yeah. and back up, and, and so the stairs on. stairs are lovely and worn as well. They are, they, they are, That's yeah. They've got that thing of yeah. thousands of feet. And, uh, you know, so... Um, uh, so, got to... I don't know, who knows what the time was, half past seven, eight o'clock. I, I, I pushed through the, the handle. Yeah. And as I've said, you know, the door shut behind me, into this black stairwell. I thought, that's unusual. It's not normally... It's not normally dark, yeah. Um, but so I thought, you know, so I had four flights of steps to, or four floors to go, uh, to go down to, um, and I thought, you know, the security guard must just have forgotten to leave the light on or, or whatever. So I shut the door behind me, which, like I say, was on one of the emergency bars. Bars. Yeah. Uh, but and once that's shut, I can't get back in. Then, oh, you know, for the reason that I've explained, <laughs> that I've explained, I've explained previously. So I headed down the down the steps like I have done, you know. I'd done for years while I'd worked there. Yeah. Um, and um, normally the lights are on. <laughs> and I got to the bottom uh, of the stairwell and pushed the bar, and it didn't open. Oh no! And I thought, security's forgotten that I'm that That's I'm it. here. They've overlooked it, haven't they? Yeah. So fortunately, I had a phone. Uh, I had a phone uh, number to ring them, so I phoned them and said, "Look, it's James. I'm stuck in the stairwell. Can you um, can you come and uh, come and let me out?" And they were probably, I don't know, 200 metres away. Oh, um, I see. They had a security office yeah, somewhere just, else. Yeah, just at the main, at the main entrance. Right. Um, and um, they said, oh, yeah, sorry, yeah, we've got a new security guy. He didn't know to ask. Um, yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll come and let you uh, come and let you out. So I'm at the bottom of the stairwell, and um, I hear one of the, higher up, one of the doors open and slam shut. And I'm thinking, no. well, it's all alarmed on the on the first floor the second floor the only place that isn't currently alarmed was, was where I've just <laughs> where I've just come from oh, no. and um, so I'm thinking that's a bit peculiar and then I start to hear something coming down the stairs because it's because oh, you know, it, it's, um, it, it's it's stone steps and it's an echoey it's quite yeah, an it's echo, like echo chamber in that, yeah. uh, in that respect and I hear this I'm going to say thing it sounds a bit melodramatic but uh, something is coming down coming down the stairs you know just clip clopping down the, yeah. down the stairs so did it sound like shoes just human feet yeah it just yeah. sounded like sounded somebody like, like coming. somebody coming down the down the um, down the steps and I'm thinking well there's nobody up there you know or theoretically they've, they've come from one of the other 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 areas that's still open but nothing when, was open. Well, nothing to my mind was was open and um, and <laughs> it's getting closer and closer oh, no. and, I'm, and I'm starting to think oh shit what, what is this you're in a dark and, and I'm Victorian the, stairwell yeah. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, uh, and, and and rather bizarrely I thought to myself I thought I'd, and I thought eventually whatever it is is going to come round the corner of the stairwell and, and rather bizarrely I thought I don't want to be facing it here Oh, and I decided, yeah. I thought, and I don't know why I did this, I thought, I'm going to run up the stairs and confront, meet, it, confront it. Wow, well done. And, 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 and it seems the most stupid thing uh, ever, but I knew that... The, well, it's on your terms. Well, to a, to, up to a point. <laughs> um, and so so I, I thought, right, I'm going to go up the stairs. And, and, and as I started up the stairs, the sound disappeared. And I didn't hear any doors open... Nothing. It's almost like you just it stopped like, walking. It was, it was like it just 
vanished into. Really? I mean, it, well, it didn't vanish into thin air because I hadn't seen anything. Yeah. But the sound just sound just stopped, but stopped. it was you know, and it was. So do you just go back downstairs and wait, and then the security. Yeah, I mean, I did. I, <laughs> I mean, you know, I mean, I didn't go all the way back up because I thought, well, the sound, it, whatever it is, sounds like it's no longer coming. So that's that's good enough for me. Yeah. And um, and so yeah, so I went back down, and and you know, I, I mean, it was probably it was probably a matter of minutes before that the security. Arrived, but but it uh, felt like an age, didn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it did, but it was it was really peculiar. But but on that occasion, I mean, talking about the first occasion where you know I didn't feel anything particularly sinister. On that second occasion, it really felt sinister. But that may have been you know the subconscious. You're trapped in something that's dark and it's and a whatever and, situation. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, you know, some people might feel it's a sinister situation when you're stuck in the stairwell irrespective of yeah. um, of what's um, of what's coming down so that was the that was the second um, uh, the second um, episode um, if you like but there you have it lordy 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 dark victorian staircase you're trapped in it even yeah. the stones the stone steps are bored under oh, yeah. thousands of human feet trampling up and down it's coming down. <laughs> what were you thinking, running? <laughs> Go on, I you hard gate. Yeah, I can't believe it did. That's it, in a way, because I think it kind of did break something there, you know what I mean? Well, Broke the spell, you know what I mean? I think so, yeah, because if it's something that feeds, as we've mentioned before, as a theory, that energy, fear is energy, and yeah. that's what these things kind of are powered by, theoretically. You yeah, know? yeah. Then say Jim's fear might have been sort of like uh, easing it on it's thinking oh this is great closer I get them more frightened he is uh, and next thing you know you've got um, pounding up at you he's <laughs> <laughs> a big lad as well he's <laughs> <laughs> charging up at you wait who's this Jim lad <laughs> Jesus <laughs> I tell you what I bet his ass flew out when the security opened on eventually oh, you know what I mean you're looking yeah. up at you then bang you'll be just sat there those last five ten minutes and just be going on forever yeah I've been fully in their arms you know when you jump into someone's <laughs> <laughs> tell me away from this horrible place. <laughs> <laughs> so I think now because we've had those two, let's have oh, the keep them rolling. The trio, so keep them rolling, yeah. Jim lad. Let's have it, Jim. Let's have it. Um, and the third one, uh, this one didn't actually uh, involve me, but um, I mentioned the colleague who I was working with um, the first yeah. uh, on the first uh, first evening, um, and uh, like I say, she would often work late uh, there uh, herself, and then her husband would come and. Uh, collect her, yeah, um, and uh, he'd give her a ring and say, "I'm downstairs," and she would um, she would stick her head out of the window or just you know to make herself uh, to make herself known and whatever. And so he was down in the in the car park, which I, I would say you know it's it's three or four floors yeah, below. It's a high building, this, isn't it? It, it's, it, it is. Big but, windows, I believe. Yeah, 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 yeah. absolutely. <laughs> um, and um, so there was only lights on at the top where where our where our uh, offices were. Yeah. And um, my colleague, she was there. Uh, she was there on her own. Um, and um, she looked out of the window to see if her husband was was there. And she saw his car um, down um, down there. And so she so she waved at him and yeah. got her things together and went down the satanic stairwell um, <laughs> to the um, uh, to the car park at the um, uh, at the bottom. Uh, and she got into the car and um, uh, her husband said, um, "Would your uh, would your colleague like a like a lift?" And she said. What colleague? She said, "Well, the one who was up in the up in the office." She goes, "Well, I was the only one up in the up in the office." She said, "Well, when you waved down at me, somebody was looking over your shoulder." 
and um, and, Christ. And, and and he was convinced that that he'd uh, that he'd seen he'd seen somebody there. Two figures. I mean, his wife. And I his... mean, just um, wow. I mean, like I say, we, it was a clothing manufacturing firm, so they had some of like the, the mannequins. Yeah, yeah. Um, but they were, you know, they they were just, uh, you know, they weren't full mannequins. It was just the, the sort of torso, for the better phrase, you know, that you that you hang, and, and you couldn't hair, you couldn't yeah. see you couldn't see any of those. Well, even for it to be over your shoulder. Were. Yeah, but yeah. she said, you know, she said the woman was looking over your shoulder when you were, and it was a woman when you were, when you yeah. were, when you were looking out. And I mean, so that didn't involve me, but that is. Not, but well, it's that it's your colleague, it's a person you work with, play closest yeah, yeah. during that part, yeah. part of your career, but, and it's I think that's a valid. You know, she's obviously come to you, won't believe what happened last night, kind of thing. You know. Well, to be honest, she I, I, she didn't tell me about this till we'd have the other experience, or, or, or that first really? that first experience. Right. Um, I mean, I, I mean, she worked there for years and years and years. I, I don't think there was any, you know, regular yeah. um, uh, occurrence. But, um, but you know, I, I can't, I can't pronounce any judgment on that one because I wasn't, uh, I wasn't there. I can only give my views on um, on the two things that I, I experienced. But um, certainly, uh, it's definitely strange and adds well, up to the strange reputation of salt. Yeah. Well, the second one, you know, somebody could have been walking down the stairs, got halfway down, and gone off into another. Another corridor, but it just didn't. Did it just didn't like feel like that, and you didn't hear any of these. these the big heavy doors, mill doors, when yeah, they slam shut, you hear you hear them. Oh, a couple them of them short. are on runners as well, I believe. Aren't yeah, they? yeah. So yeah. they're massive runners. So uh, it takes somebody. You know, we're both pretty big blokes. It takes some. Take a bit of shifting yeah. in these doors as well. You'd have heard. So uh, most peculiar, but I mean, well, I kept working there for years after that, and you know, like I say, other than that one occasion uh, in the stairwell, I never felt anything sinister, but yeah. it may have been. Psychosomatic, considering the circumstances. <laughs> well, I, don't I think would so. I, I think I think they're both, as, as you quite rightly said before, they're both unexplained. In, uh, well, all three are unexplained incidents. Mm. But this is uh, again, from a sceptical point of view, that's how we like them. We we are not going to say, "Oh, that was a ghost. That was a ghost. That was a ghost." No, no, no. We're not. We're going to say it's unexplained. Yeah. Uh, and if anybody out there can uh, genuinely explain it, or have had incidents themselves at Salt Air at Salt Mill, do get in touch. But for now, I would just like, on behalf of Crack and Cove, me and Benny, uh, I'd just like to say thank you very much, Jim. You're welcome. And that's the third of Jim's spooky tales. I'll explain it. I'll explain it right now. Ghosts. That's what it was. <laughs> All three of them. Fucking ghosts. <laughs> Jesus wept. Over your shoulder. Imagine oh, that. that's you invading. Got... Oh, that's oh, like proper Nixium, man. In, like a Victorian mill worker there oh. she is. All gaunt and thin. Yeah. And Holidays and. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus, man. I won't work there for two reasons. Go on. One, the ghosts. Yeah. I'm working over all the time. What <laughs> You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. These got some boys work hard, don't they? <laughs> oh, Jim, know. they were belters and well-read, yeah. mate. You really brought some up there. That yeah. were ace. And if you have actually got any stories about Saltair or anything else that you do want to share with us, um, remember you can always contact us uh, on email at crackandcovepodcast at gmail.com. Uh, we're at Twitter at crackandcove uh, and Instagram at crackandcovepod. And, you know, just tap Crack and Cove into Facebook if you want to have a look for us on there. Oh, on there as well. You can always send us a message, you know. And if you've never heard of uh, Salt Mills, just give it a quick Google because it's a fascinating story. And yeah. it's still a fascinating place. Now, they do like a living um, advent calendar, don't they? If you've ever, they? Yeah, yeah. So, so you get a map of the Ollie Houses taking part in it. You know, it's literally numbered up, you know, yeah. full of December. And they do the front of the oh, house. So it's the front of the house. Yeah, yeah. So they light them and all sorts of oh, colour them up and stuff. Awesome. It's absolutely beautiful. Well, they might do it a distancing. 
same thing that you can look in the window. I'm not saying that you'd be walking down, so it's like just having a walk around your streets, isn't it? So hopefully yeah. we'll still do it this year. That'd it be is, really nice, nice, but yeah. you know, fascinating place. And the good thing is you can look at it with a new spooky angle exactly. as well. There might be a ghost over your shoulder. Great <laughs> stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Now it's time for us to go back to another old friend of ours. Oh, please. Yeah, it's time to go back and see Charlotte. Oh, is she bad? Yeah. Oh, thanks, Charlotte. I really yeah. enjoyed your other ones. Well, she, she was listening to the other episodes, and I think what, it, it sort of stirred more spooky tales yeah. in her she remembered, you see. So the good thing is she got back in touch, and she's oh, given us a new excellent. story. And that's what we're going to hear now. So this stage is yours, Charlotte. Hi, Matt and Benny. It's Charlotte here again. Um... I'm a bit nervous about telling this story, to be honest. I think, as a rational adult, I kind of want to be able to make sense of it. And I suppose it's from back in maybe 1996, and I don't know. I still want to be able to justify it. I want to be able to, I don't know, make people understand that I wasn't seeing things or drunk or I don't know but anyway I'm going to tell you and you can make of it what you will. So years ago I went for a summer break with a friend down to Norfolk and we stayed in this little village in a little village hall that had been converted into a kind of hostel and it was a pretty little place and it was lovely to be there with my friend and uh, I remember we went to sleep that night and she was on the bottom bunk and I was on the top bunk and I had the most restless night's sleep. I, I remember feeling as though the air above the top bunk was just felt kind of filled with darkness, I suppose. And I don't know if you could imagine what Dante's hell would look like. It, I felt at times in the night as though I was in the middle of that. It was kind of almost like writhing spirits, very dark, very odd and restless. And I remember waking up in the morning and thinking, whoa, what a, quite an awful night's sleep I've had. But <laughs> I know this sounds absolutely, utterly crazy, but this little village hall was, you know, pretty and whimsical. And, and I just thought, we just decided that it would be a really great place to go back with a group of friends for New Year. So we did, um, and it was then, I think, in the darkness, I suppose, of the winter, um, that the village took on a very different edge. That kind of prettiness had turned into something that was pretty eerie. It was a foggy night, I remember New Year, and I don't know whether we were just, I don't know, young and foolish, but we we decided to go and have a little wander around the graveyard at one point and it felt like we were almost good in the dead and we I don't know we we decided that it would be fun for like the girls to sleep in one dorm and the guys to sleep in another and there was just this little tiny double bedroom in the middle of us and um, that one of the couples that um, we went to, the, to have this party with decided that they 
they would have. And so, you know, we did all of our New Year's things, you know, we, we danced and we sang New Year's in and we all went to bed. Now, obviously, I'd had something to drink, but I wasn't, you know, I wasn't out of it at all. And I suppose this is where the justification of it all comes in, because I remember getting off to sleep and, you know, there was a... There was an air of something that was un- an uneasiness, I suppose. But as I dreamt and slept, I, uh, I suddenly woke in the sort of really early hours of the morning. And I don't know what woke me, but I woke and watched a guy walk through the middle of the dormitory in a round head army uniform and he you know he had the tunic and this you know helmet and he was carrying this what looked to me I suppose at the time like a kind of box that you'd carry a snooker cue in like he sort of held it in front of himself and then walked through the dormitory and walked through the wall at the end of the room and disappeared. Now, you know, you hear lots of ghost stories of, you know, ghosts walking through walls and all of that kind of stuff. But the thing that really struck me about this and what I've been reflecting on, I suppose, over these last few days as I've been thinking about this is it felt completely normal i felt calm i i I, and you know it's 1996 and right here right now in 2020 if i was to see the face of this guy again i would i would be able to pick him out in a crowd all of the features all of the the kind of you know the detail on his in his tunic, the helmet, because I suppose it just had such a profound effect on me. And I I remember obviously waking in the morning and, and telling everybody that was there what had happened. And of course, everybody was utterly petrified. And we all slept in this like tiny little double room um, that was in the center of this, this hostel for the second night that we were there. But I think the thing that was really striking was this box and I was sort of saying well I don't I don't really know what this is and I suppose this is how I try and justify that it wasn't just a figment of my own imagination because when I sort of researched it a little bit more in more detail it's the way that they they would have carried their muskets um in you know the time of um, the Roundheads and the Cavaliers, if they'd have been marching, and um, and there, there, there it is. There's my story. It's kind of something that. Well, anyway, that's my story, and um, it's been a great month. Been really enjoying listening to everybody's stories. You're awesome, guys. See ya. 
And there's Charlotte. <laughs> oh, bless you, Charlotte. That were ease. Especially the box. A snooker-loving ghost. <laughs> no, but how would she know? How would she know? Because you would just think snooker. That's what we'd yeah. look at, you know what I mean? Well, that's what I, I really enjoyed in this. Because if it was... If it was me telling the tale, it might have been quite tempting to sort of elaborate a little, elaborate a little bit and say, oh, well, I saw him carrying a pike or a musket or something, yeah. rather than saying the snooker cue box. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> the first feeling of it. Yeah. Was in plain but snooker. Charlotte's been straight up there yeah, and yeah. said, everything was like this, the armour was that, the face, I remember all the details. Oh, by the way, he was carrying this weird box. Ah, then looking into it, you find out that's how they used to travel around, keep them nice and squeaky clean and that. Yeah, keep them dry, would you yeah, know? Yeah, dry. The box sort of thing, so that's oh, even amazing. that's a really Especially that first, you know, the first time she stayed there, and that, that feeling of that kind of think you know, the otherworldliness of it, you know yeah. what I mean? It's summer dark in that room. God, what brilliant. history in those villages and stuff like that, you yeah. know? I mean, you know, the idea that where was he going? What was his story? And she's remembered the face. Yeah. You know? Oh my God. I wonder all that be She's going to hunt the face down a little bit with that area. Or would be even worse if, like, she's in a crowd and she just sees that <laughs> face coming towards yeah. her and saying, Fancy game of snooker. <laughs> <laughs> I can't play. For some of these stories, um, I want you stuff that's going to be, you know, a bit special for us and it stuff like that. Cream of the cream yeah. of these. So the next one coming up is uh, we've got we've got Debs coming up. Oh, we've got a story Debs. from Debs, and I find this is a is a cracking story. Is this, and I think um, I think Benny's going to really enjoy it. So it's over to you, Debs. Right, uh, we're here today to talk to. Is it Deborah or Debs? Call me Debs. I'm Call you Debs. Sorry. Right. So we're here to yeah. talk to Debs today about her particular experience so would you like to tell us what happened i will it was 1993 um we'd been over to my husband's friends over in newton upon derwent which is the other side of york yeah i know what you mean um i'd said i'd drive because to be honest but I'd, I'd passed my test in 91 but i hadn't really driven any distance so i said oh i'm not bothered for a drink I told my husband he could drink i'd be designated driver so we went to the, the like this place just had a pub. There was nothing else. Oh right, yeah. It was like a little. It's just like a little village. No pub. Uh, one pub. No shops or anything. Just yeah. So we'd we'd been to the pub and then when the pub shut, we went back to their house just to sort of say good night, have a coffee. Yeah. Off we go. So we sat off. Um, I'd I'd say it'd be about half one ish. Yeah. And I got onto the A sixty four dual carriageway, and there was like. I don't think it's any relevance to the story, but it was really weird because there was patches of low fog, yeah. dense low fog. Which is dangerous on there. It is, yeah. yeah. And then it just suddenly disappeared, gone. That's, that's weird, isn't it? There were it? very little cars. That's the one thing I did notice about that night. There were very little cars. I mean, we're talking the other side of York to Leeds. It's always busy. Yeah. yeah. I think it was a Sunday night, if I remember right. Yeah. Anyway, driving along, I've got radio on. He was... Peed out of his brain, so <laughs> arms folded, fast asleep. Snoozing slavering, in the car. <laughs> yeah, slavering on the passenger window. So I'm driving along, singing to the radio, and I'm a night owl anyway. Right. So I'm never kind of like tired till the early hours. Yeah. Really early hours. So we're driving along, 
and I'm coming towards Leeds, came down the ring road towards Osworth Roundabout. Yeah. Well, what you call where Ch- Charlie Brown used to be. Yeah, I know what you mean, yeah, yeah. And then obviously up past the 11th Earl, and as I got past the 11th Earl, I started getting really anxious, sort yeah. of. Yeah, I'd say we're anxious to start with. Then we got to the roundabout, broad, what is it, Broadway roundabout. Yeah. And I started feeling a bit more than anxious, and I'm thinking, what the hell's up with me? Yeah. We're nearly home. I mean, we lived in Farsley at that time, so it was like straight down up Rodley roundabout, and then you're into Farsley, really. That's right, yeah. So as I started the descent down from Orsworth roundabout, obviously it's dual, well, it's not a dual carriageway one side, it's, it's yeah, one it's lane single, and then two. Yeah, the, the one that the side of the road you're on is a single carriageway, isn't yeah, it? Still and no then it's cars. dual carriageway on the other side. That's so right. it's, a, it's, a, it's a sort of, it's a dangerous stretch of road, really. It is, there? yeah. It's still no cars. No no cars. That's very strange. Really yeah. odd. So I'm, I'm coming down the hill as I'm getting down the hill, I'm getting more and more terrified and I could not put my finger on what I turned the radio off. I don't know why that helps. Yeah. But I turned the radio off and I'm trying to pinpoint why I'm feeling so like full of dread. Wow. So as I get to the bottom as it starts to go over the railway line first, I think it is. Yeah, isn't it? that's right. I saw I was looking ahead, but in my peripheral vision out of the left, I saw this mass stood on the path where the bus stop is yes and it must to my reckoning it was seven to eight foot tall wow. it was three to four foot wide really it was enormous and i knew then i was absolutely filled with dread then couldn't wake him up and i knew if i looked at it i'd die so i carried on looking straight ahead panicking and oh. as i passed it shot past it's i looked in the rearview mirror and it stepped into the road where i'd gone into the lane Wow, so it actually stepped it onto stepped the road. It off, stepped off out of the kerb and onto the road where I'd wow. gone past. I couldn't see any eyes, I couldn't see any limbs, there were no visible. Yeah. But I was shaking like a dog and I'm like, what the hell? I mean, we're talking <laughs> quarter to three in the morning. So could you see legs? or No, it was just a mass. A mass. Quarter to three in the morning, after quarter to three. Um, and I got home and I woke him up. I couldn't get the key in the house. I was checking that much. My God! So when I spoke, when he sort of, we had a cup of tea and what have you for me to calm down. And he said, "Oh, it'll have been somebody waiting for a bus in fancy dress." And I went, "What? to <laughs> three on us, like early hours of a Monday morning?" Yeah. And he went, "Well, it'll have been a tree then." I'm like, "Trees don't step into the road." Oh. I said, I, "I don't know what it was, but it wasn't of this world. It wasn't." Yeah anything that you could describe well the, also the, uh, the the path or the route that you're talking about there is it's obviously it's by, the, by a river yeah which again well there's the river the canal and the railway yeah three they all roll, roll along that same sort of yeah, like parallel uh, to yeah. each other yeah and it's bottom it's actually bottom of the river it's the air valley isn't it it it's is the air yeah. Valley. yeah so it's actually straight along on the very lowest point of the air valley yeah and what an odd thing because really? I think that's Swain Woods Swain Woods I think they're called on yes, that side there. something like that because they do yeah. um, scrambling they do do scrambling that's right yeah and it's it's not they're not actually um, you wouldn't have anyone in those woods at that no. time no because it'd be there were no other cars I mean why would there be people about and, yeah. the, and that was before the housing development had been built I mean it was still Sandoz um, it was yeah chemical that's factory, right pharmaceutical yeah. place and uh, did that then uh, Sort of 
did you investigate? Did you have any way of looking into it? Well, the, the next day, I, it preyed on my mind. A guy obviously went to sleep at some point, but it preyed on my mind, and it was the first thing I thought of when I woke up on the Monday morning. He'd gone off to work. Yeah. And I thought, I'll go up and see my mum, because at that time she lived in Orsforth. Um I thought, I'll go up and see my mum, and he have to pass out to pass there. That spot, you're right. And so how I did thought, you feel passing that again? I did feel a bit anxious, but... There were cars. It was bright. There was, it, you yeah, know, it wasn't yeah. sort of early hours of the morning. Yeah. So I thought I'm gonna have a look. Was there a tree like stuck out from? I'm liking you thinking here. This yeah. is good. Yeah. yeah. But as I went past, there's like a concrete fence. Yes, there is. Holding the trees back. There's nothing that comes out of that. Do you know what I mean? It, nothing leans out of it. Or I'm gonna. I I, I happen to you know be on board. Been there today. Yeah. And the, that concrete fence, you could not physically get over that fence no. and into the woods because it's just so tightly packed. It is, yeah. It's, it's, and it's that's hazardous. what it was like then. Yeah. There, was nothing, there was nothing even overgrowing like a tree. No. There was right. nothing. It was it was cut back to the fence but tightly packed behind it. Yeah. There was nothing other than the cut out on the bus stop. And that still doesn't sort of, so you, it doesn't explain what you saw or more importantly what you felt. No. Which is utter dread. And you, well, yeah, that, that, it was absolutely. I was terrified in my mind I was terrified for no reason and I'm yeah. not I'm not an anxious person I don't tend to suffer with anxiety I understand people that do yeah but I've never really suffered with anxiety but for that to come on creep up gradually just that little stretch before yeah. seeing this thing it was unexplainable but then it doesn't end there ah there's more to the story I decided to to gather information for a book about the paranormal because this had it was boiling away at the back of my brain. Yeah. Because I couldn't, I'd not met anybody else that had seen anything like that. Yeah. All I'd ever heard about was sort of spirits and hauntings and yeah. there was nothing cryptid or I'd yeah. never, never come across it. So I thought, well, I've had a weird experience. I wonder if anybody else has. So I put a couple of things in the papers at the time. Yeah. This is pre-internet, of course. Well, it yeah, was, yeah. It was, yeah. Puts your time to come out to interview me and take a picture. So I had like half a page spreading that. I had a little column in the Leeds Weekly News and I started getting loads of letters. Yeah. And then I got a, a letter from a lad. Bearing in mind at the time I lived in Farsley up near the top of Old Road, top of the village. Yeah. And he used to work at a supermarket doing like a twilight shift and he finished at something like two o'clock in the morning. Okay. And he used to cycle from work yeah. down Farsley to home. I think he lived in Rogley somewhere. Right. So... It sent me this letter and said, I've got I've got a bit of information, um, I've seen your story and I'd like to tell you this, if that's all right, I'll write to you if it's yeah. okay. So I'm like, yeah, absolutely fine. And I said, give, give me my phone number. I said, yeah. ring me if you want. Anyway, I, don't, I think you were a bit, because obviously people get ridiculed for stuff and I just think yeah. you want to get it down on paper. Anyway, he wrote me this letter and he said one night, it'd been about half past two in the morning, sorry. He cycled down past our house, yeah. as normal. It got to coming towards St John's Church in Farsley. Yeah. And there were two of these things in the middle of the road. Two? Two. Two of the things that I'd described were in the middle of the road, crouched down. And how did he describe them? He said they were just like, he couldn't see, he, he couldn't see limbs and he couldn't see eyes. But he said they were staring at him. So that's... So at that's first they he... didn't know he was there. They didn't realise he was there. He'd stopped his push bike because he didn't go past them. Oh my God. He stopped his push bike and these two things were doing something in the middle of the road and then they got up quietly and they disappeared off behind the shops. So of course, first thing I did, I goes down Farsley to go behind the shops to see where they could have gone and there's rich garages. 
There was absolutely nothing behind the shops. There was no cut through, ginnel, nothing. How bizarre. And of course, then I'd say for that lad to come out, he has no reason to come out and say this. No, he hadn't. And and as well, the fact he's written it, and it's almost like he wanted to get it off his Mm. chest. That's what I thought. It was more, I don't know, I think having something down on paper, you know. Somehow exercised yeah. his. And I could tell by the language that he used, and you know, the, he wasn't having me on, he was genuinely. Yeah. And he, he said he was afraid because he'd, he'd read my little article in the Pudsey News and thought, oh, you know. And well, then he'd, he'd come across two s- of them. Right, so so did he. He'd read this first. He'd and read then my he article and just thought, oh. But obviously it was no to do with Farsley, was it? It was yeah. down on the ring road that I'd had my. And it's, yeah. And then, of course, a bit after he'd he come down Farsley, and there they are. These two. Absolutely bizarre. Yeah. And he couldn't describe them. He couldn't tell. He couldn't have said, oh, yes, it was a Bigfoot, or oh, yeah. yes, it was a dogman. Because he didn't have a, a reference for it either, same as I didn't. That's the thing, but the, I think with these. I think with these things, there is no reference point. Yeah, people started trying to catalogue or categorise these things. But for what you've seen, for me personally, I find it so. Weird, mm. genuinely capital yeah. W weird. Yeah. Because you can't say anything of what it is. Mm. If you saw a solid form, as in you, like you say, like a dogman or whatever, yeah. or a yeti or whatever we want to kind of call, what you saw there isn't categorizable no, because it it's more of a force. Yeah. And obviously a sighting, but this. So it's almost like you could say it's like a, uh, the like a shadow person yeah. sort of yeah. thing. Which I think, if I had to sort of look at all the different type, types, as it were, I'd say it could be more the shadow person. But I again, mean, where do these things start? Where do they, where well, they that's it. I mean, when, the only thing I could say about it was that it was shaggy. That's all I can say about it. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, just so you, so like you, a shaggy shape. Right. Could you see a texture then? Or is it just was that just the outline? Just like the outline. It wasn't sleek. Yeah. It was, it was shaggy. It was shaggy. Yeah. And did this the the lad who wrote it? Did he give any other description? No, he just he just said it was exactly as I they were exactly as I described these two that he yeah. saw were exactly as I described. Well, because he said he suddenly thought I I remember this. Oh my article. god! See, yeah. Yeah. And that, yeah. Yeah. And so that absolutely terrified him, poor yeah, lad. I know. Yeah. I don't think he were old either. I think he was quite young. Yeah. So. But what a thing of experience. Very creepy. Yeah. Well, I'd like to thank you very, on behalf of Crack and Cove. I'd like to thank you, Debs. That's thank great. Thank you very much. You're very welcome. Any stories you want from me, just just get in touch. <laughs> I've got quite a few. And there we have Debs' story. <laughs> Debs, Debs, Debs. You can keep your Christmas treats. You've given me the best Halloween treat I've ever had in my life. <laughs> I've read that story in print years ago, and I found it. It took me ages to find it again online one day. I just thought, God, I need to read that story again. Yeah. Oh my God, you found Debs. How did you find Debs? <laughs> Casting light. Oh out my here. God, Debs, thank you so much. And you had extra. You didn't just have the story. You had extra yeah. on top of it. Well, I just want to give everyone a little bit of background oh. here, right? <laughs> Because this is basically Deb's story is almost what got 
cracking cove going, wasn't yeah, he? He is. That's the story, and he's because Ben started out doing little investigations of his own on that site, on that area. He went out having a little nose. Yeah, went out, out with Lord Tolson, weirdly enough. Oh, did you? Yeah, with kids. <laughs> and all that. We went out for a proper hunt round there. You were a daytime hunt, but we were looking for evidence. Kids yeah. were looking for it and everything. And so that's wow. it. So I thought to myself, well, because it's a special, well, our first real Halloween yeah, special. So I thought a special treat for Benny is to oh, find Debs and get the original story the down. The source, that were her voice, that were the person oh, yeah. who saw it's voice. Debbie, thank you so much. And she's such an ace person as oh, well. Is she yeah. still local then? Don't, obviously, don't tell her Debs, but she's quite local yeah, to she's, the Cove. She's, she's local to the Cove. Um, so I went round on Sunday morning Wow. Uh, and had a, a, a cup of tea so strong you can stand a spoon up in it. It was fantastic. <laughs> proper Yorkshire tea. Yeah, proper Yorkshire tea. And we just had a right good natter. Gone like oh, outside. Fire, you know what I mean? Do you know something really weird about this though? Well, it was like a, you know, she told the story, and he always had it down the bottom where it, you know where where the bridges, etc. Yeah, you know yeah, that area. Yeah. Then she brought it back up to Farsley, and it was just like a flashback because I used to work at a night shift in a factory, yeah. and he used to come and drive back to Horsforth, uh, and you'd be like six o'clock, half past six in the morning. Sometimes you finished a little bit yeah, early, yeah. and it was one of these days when I finished a little bit early, coming down the ring road, going towards. Um, coming down from Pudsey Roundabout going to Rodley Roundabout and there were a crouched shape and it was definitely human behind one of the signs and I thought God oh, is really? that yeah is that a dead body or is that a tramp and you know I just wanted to get home about or drive you know hit the, the going up the, the Horsford Hill yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to plot I have to I have to do something about that. And I reported it to police, you know they'll stop oh, the phone it'll be four mobile phone days. I stopped off at a, a telephone box and reported it to the police that there were body shape under this sign. Wow. Uh, and then you just think, wait a minute, Cranking. these shaggy, ca-, you know, like you see, he's heard the car coming, all the creatures heard the car, and he just crouched down and just yeah. got like, laid down flat, trying to get his shagginess all like camouflaged up. Yeah. It could be, it might not be, but you know, I just had this weird flashback of it. I thought, my God, Dave, that is just fantastic. It's absolutely brilliant. Oh, right? it is. Yeah. Thank you so much. It's such a treat for me, is that? <laughs> such a treat. <laughs> Matt, you weirdo. I love it. I love it. Well done, Arkin. What a cast. <laughs> cast of the gods. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that was that was a special treat for Benny. We, oh, well. Even now, we've just had to have the. Have the uh, I've had to have a little break. <laughs> I'm absolutely the rug has been pulled. Oh, that is just brilliant. I'm so but happy. The good thing about doing this, doing the casting, is that you can do a treat for yourself. Oh. So my treat for myself is we're going to go back to JP. Yeah. And yeah. you see that story that Ben's or we both loved so much was yeah. Deb's story. Uh, that was like I say, it's, it's Kraken Cove legend. But the other Kraken Cove legend, legend for me is JP's story. Now, Ben's not heard it, but it's been with me. Oh, this has been with me for 30 odd years. Right, so he told you a new young guy. Yeah, right. yeah. I was one of the first person who heard it when yeah. he came. He came, just came charging into the room and just declared that it's an amazing story. <laughs> and it's stayed with me ever since. It's just been fantastic. So, let's allow JP to tell the tale. So you have another story, which is the one that I've come round here for. <laughs> the bargain. Because I'm seeing this with the first one as oh, an amuse bouche, yeah. as, a, as a bonus, is the one of the ghost story of the house. But this is the one that I've yeah. 
Yeah. Well, I, 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 I don't know if... This is, uh, the one with the house wasn't... The funny thing was, it wasn't scary at all. Yeah. It wasn't scary in any way, but it, it, it was definitely something strange that was happened that I can't really explain. Um, the bar guest was actually quite scary. Um, it sounded terrifying. It was pretty scary, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so, I'll, I'll tell you this. I'll tell you yeah, the story. full tale, yeah. The full tale. Okay, I'll probably miss bits because I'm going back... Oh, a long time now. We're going back to when I was 16, so we're going back 32 years. Um, so, as you know, I used to be quite heavily into rock climbing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I used to go all over rock climbing, and we'd gone off climbing for about three or four days in the Dales. It's about as long as you could stand, really, there, sort of camping. But this time, uh, we'd got, for some reason, which I won't bother going into, rather than camp, we'd just got into dossing. So basically, oh, no, that brings it back. Yes, you did, yeah. <laughs> so we just, it, it was a bit trendy to kind of doss. So yeah. you just basically just camp at the crag. Yeah, like rough wild camping, wasn't like it? Rough wild camping, because the crags were all overhanging, you see. So if it rained, you were, you were sheltered. You were sheltered. So, oh, wow, that so brings we were talking about like Kilnsey and Malham and, 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 uh, places like that, so beautiful places as well. Oh, yeah. Great places, and and really nice to see. Middle nowhere as well, very remote. It was yeah. quiet. It was quieter then, and so you just doss out, and no one had really hassled yet. So we'd, we'd got a bit into dossing and basically sort of sleeping under the stars. You could have a fire and this sort of thing, and we'd had a few trips like that. And it was one of these trips, and it, it was kind of I don't know, it was summertime. It must have been summer. Um, and the funny thing is, is that. We'd been to Troller's Gill. Oh, We'd been climbing in yeah. Troller's Gill. Now, Troller's Gill, and I never really thought anything of it, um, is the home of, the apparently legendary home of the bar guest. Oh, thing. no, I didn't know that. Because there's another story that... I've, right, that's, that's right. how to explain things for me, right? Yeah, well, Troller's Gill is the reputed home of the bar guest now. I mean, I, I now know, subsequent to this, that the, the, the full kind of tale of the bar guest and it's a uh, a phantom black dog of which yeah. there are a variety supposedly around the country yeah i mean i think there's one down south called black shook or something like that that's right there's one called striker we've discovered there's one uh old stinker is apparently right. the one that's well, that's the east yorkshire one is that right so they, right, and that's right, one yeah. that me and ben are, are hopefully going to be investigating right. soon right okay <laughs> so yeah, right. Well, I, I knew, I, I did know, I knew about Black Shook, and I think I might have known a little bit about the bar guest, but not very much really, other than yeah. it was just a legend of a black dog, and it was supposed to haunt maybe Troller's Gill. But anyway, so we, we were climbing in Troller's Gill, which was a nice little crag for climbing, and um, we were debating dossing there, but... Um, we looked around and there was like loads of dead rabbits and stuff and it's kind of it kind of oh. had a bit of an air of spookiness <laughs> about it but I don't think that really bothered us yeah you know, we weren't too well you're kind of a brave that. bunch weren't you like a bunch of lads who like getting out climbing the wildlife yeah. sort of thing you know uh, yeah we weren't we weren't that bothered I don't think the supernatural would really have affected us at that point too much um, and you know I mean I'll just call him Rennie he was a fairly Large character, burly character, and I reckon we'd have we'd have been all right. We were young, but we could have looked after ourselves. I reckon. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. <laughs> just, just. Um, anyway, so we I think we decided not to dos at um, 
Troller's Gill, but we did think, because of all the dead rabbits and everything, we just thought, oh, very nice. So, and there were a lot of midges about. So oh. I remember what we did was we went up onto Grassington Moor. Yeah. That took the car, and we drove up onto Grassington Moor, thinking there'd be no midges up there. Yeah. And, and I remember that there were midges up there. Yeah. And I think oh, it was horrible because you were getting bitten and stuff, and we were cooking our tea, and we were thinking, oh, this is horrible. It's a miserable exit, yeah. And someone was sort of commenting that there was dampness up there and there'd been midges. So we had a bit of a powwow. Yeah. And I think the previous night we might have been at Malham and we'd had the same problem with midges and they were driving us mad. Yeah. So we had a bit of a powwow and I think we thought, where won't there be any midges? Yeah. So we thought, Gordale. There won't be any midges oh, at Gordale. Right, yeah. Because. There's a lot of rock, yeah. there's not much damp, and the wind, there'll be a breeze coming through because it. Because it funnels down, doesn't it? Because yeah, it funnels yeah. down. And uh, so, as I said, I, I don't know if it's significant or not that we've been at Trollers Gill, and then we've been on Grassington Moor, but I remember that we, we drove over to Gordale. Yeah. And I was thinking, blimey, sleeping in Gordale. I mean, ooh, you know, the, the place is pretty intimidating at the best yeah, of times. Yeah, it's dramatic, isn't it? Dramatic, yeah. but hey-ho, you know, as long as we haven't got midges, I don't care, and it'll be good for... Good for climbing. Yeah. So we got we got to Gordale, and it, it wasn't like today. I mean, it was it was dead. There was nobody there, and so we sort of pitched up right under the overhangs, and we got we got kind of right in under them, just in case you got any sort of like rock fall or anything yeah. like that during the night. And we were kind of messing about, and we didn't have a fire. I don't think because we didn't have any wood. And um, anyway, it got kind of dark. And then got I remember it got kind of like well it was basically pitch black. Yeah. And we were all just asleep. And then just there was no kind of like there was nothing else with it, but there was just like this sudden, really, really awful, bizarre sort of howling noise. <laughs> and, and I kind of don't want to exaggerate it, but if you were going to watch like a werewolf or a horror film, it was kind of that kind of noise. <laughs> almost like someone was making it up. Yeah. It was almost like someone was having like a Like a special joke. effect noise going off somewhere. Exactly. And all of us just went, what the da 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 was that? And um, so we're all set up and we're like fairly uh, disturbed by it because it was like no noise any of us had ever heard. Now, when, but you're a bunch of guys used to spending your time outside. <laughs> yeah, yeah, You've yeah. heard every oh, yeah. kind of wild noise that there could be out there. Well, funnily enough, um, one of us, Ian, um, was actually a twitcher who was a bird watcher. Oh, right. Because we started going through animals. and So we sat up and he was like, that, that's, there's no way that's any owl. So yeah. we, he dismissed all the owls. So we had screech owl, you know, barn owls made those noise. And he went through yeah. those. He said, and besides... Um, the uh, it just sound it did not sound small enough to be an owl. It sounded substantial. That's the difference. It, it sounded like fairly substantial. So we uh, were basically fairly <laughs> disturbed by it, and then it came again. And it, I bet you'll have been awake by now. Oh, so we were all awake, <clears throat> and we were all set up, and we're all thinking, well, what are we going to do? I suppose this is where it gets quite funny. We started to kind of reason out that whatever it was, 
because it was coming on a not not a not infrequent basis but the strange thing was if it was a bird it, it didn't really move too much it, it wasn't changing position in it the wasn't air. changing position in the air or anything like that it yeah. was just coming sort of from a the rough area and i don't know if you know gordell but it was coming do, roughly yeah. from the top of the waterfall yes but it was kind of it felt as though it was just moving around. And it's a big waterfall, it's very famous, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. 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 So, and it felt it was moving around in that sort of area up there. Wow. But not coming down the waterfall, not up the walls of the gorge. And there was no sort of change, it was like it was there. I think for a lot of people moving. as well, though, that might not know, is one of the only ways up there is actually climb the waterfall, isn't it? Well, yeah, that's the point. There's there's, um, there's a rock formation at the bottom. Um, it's called Tufa, Tufa. Yeah. So it's like a limestone rock formation. And basically, there's a... I mean, it's, it's probably a sort of a moderate climb, but a, a, an animal, like a dog, <laughs> yeah, yeah. for example, just could not do it. Yeah, it, it, yeah. You know, I mean, people struggle with it a little bit. It's probably about grade moderate. Yeah. Um, and often people come down it and they are carrying their dog. Or something yeah. Like that. An animal could not get down it. The way sort of barricaded. Yeah. And funnily enough, this, we were reasoning this out, that whatever it was, <laughs> we, th- we were thinking, we initially thought, that it was some kind of farm dog yeah. or something, like a large farm dog that was up there because the noise was definitely coming from up there. Now, the, the other thing that I pe- don't think people will necessarily know if they don't know Gordell is there's no farms up there. It's, it's wild, just an empty, wild valley and it goes on for a considerable distance, so maybe two or three or maybe three miles. Yeah. And there's even then there's no farms. There's, yeah. there's nothing. You come to Malamtan in the end. So there's no farms up there. Now, the noise kept coming, and it each time it came, it, as I say, it moved around a little bit. And we were, we were just thinking, this is literally, literally like something from the American World in London. And we, as I say, we kept hearing the noise, and we were going through. And now, obviously, we came, we went through both largest animals. And we were thinking, yeah. The only other one that it could be is a fox. Yeah, yeah. But we could kind of hear noises, sort of stones moving and things. And you just got the general impression that the creature, whatever it was that was making this noise, was bigger than a dog. Well, the thing is as well, foxes are so stealthy. Yeah, well, that, yeah. So yeah. wonder they want to be, and, and I suppose it's, it wouldn't have been heading towards you, a fox's inclination would be move away. Well, yeah, yeah, I suppose it would be. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know. It was very odd. But we were sat there, and I, I mean, I remember we were discussing it, and we, we were kind of vaguely joking about it to begin with, saying, well, it can't get down the waterfall. Yeah. If it's physical, it can't get down the waterfall. But that must mean you had enough felt enough threat from what was up there to think, I hope it can't get it down, and let's, let's work out ways it can. Well, I mean, we were... We were sort of vaguely intrigued by it, yeah. But the noise was really quite scary. It was a, a proper howl with a with a real edge of a growl at the end of it, which is really yeah. hard. And it's, this sounds really hard. <laughs> um, and the funny thing is, is that we discussed it. And we we could hear vague sort of noises, and I can't really remember what they were, but it gave the impression that there was something up there. Yeah. And the really funny thing is, is that we kind of. From the noises and the sound of the creature, we came. I remember we came to the conclusion that it was bigger than a dog, but smaller than a cow. 
<laughs> now, I have subsequently read, and I, I can't remember where it is, but I, I have a vague feeling, and you might want this for your notes, because a friend put me onto this afterwards. There's a book by Catherine Briggs called A Dictionary of Fairies. Yes, I do a, know this. It's got a section on the bar guest, and I'm, I don't know if it's there, but somewhere the bar guest is described as being the size of a calf. Right, well, I've Which actually, is bigger than a dog, but perfect. smaller than a cow. Well, I, I've actually got the original, um, I, I mentioned it too <laughs> earlier, I've actually got the original account. It's in Hove's Table Book from 1923. <laughs> right, right. Well, I've not read that. <laughs> and, it's, and that account there, and he says it's, it's, he described it as like being, a, being like a sheep, shaggy like a sheep, but a lot bigger. Right. And he, that's his description of the size and build right. of this thing, a large, broad-backed, shaggy, tall beast sort of thing. So. Well, well we, yeah, that's, we came to the conclusion, and this was without any thought of Bargast or anything, yeah. that whatever was up there, because we, you know, we were still on the, on, on, thinking it might be a dog yeah. that had escaped, um, but it didn't make any other noise other than this like, like howling sound. Yeah. And the conclusion we came to that it was bigger than a dog, but smaller than a cow. That's incredible. Which is really peculiar. Yeah. Um, based on the, that account, so that was that was another strange thing about it. Anyway, the noise kept coming at irregular intervals, and then uh, two of them, one of them, got so scared they decided to go back to the car. <laughs> now three of us stayed. Now, I don't know why three of us stayed, but we did. But I do remember that we put a watch on. So Did you? We had, it was that bad that we actually somebody it was like 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 a sort of cowboy film or something. Yeah. Or whatever, we actually put a watch on. One of us stayed on what to watch, and then wait the next guy. The other two a couple of hours. Well, the other two slept, and I think if my memory serves me right, we kept to that watch. That's um, for, This is for sixteen. <laughs> this is teenagers doing yeah, this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But in a weird way, that also shows what sober-headed people you were at the time. That you'd come yeah. up with a conclusion, yeah. a solution. Yeah. Yeah. And it also shows as well, you weren't just like runaway no. screaming. Because if it was a flight of fancy, yeah, that's what no. you did, you just all run back to the car. Yeah. We, we weren't... When it actually happened, when it actually happened, I don't think anyone really mentioned Bargist or anything. We were, I think we were genuinely concerned that it was a really, really big dog. Yeah. But the noise was nothing like a dog. Yeah. It was it was like, oh my good oh my god, did you hear that? Yeah. <laughs> it was like that you know, the bit on American Wolf in London where something Is starts it? howling and you think and you whoa <laughs> It has that impact. Yeah, it ha- yeah, yeah. So how how did you feel next morning when you woke up? Were you cause well, Do you I all think, exchange glances and think, huh? <laughs> <laughs> I think we were re- I think we were a bit relieved to begin with. I bet you were. <laughs> I think we were a bit yeah. relieved that nothing I don't really remember how it actually ended, but um I think we were a bit relieved and then I think there was a lot of, some um Mickey taking about people going to sleep in the car. Um And whereas the three managed to brave it out. Yeah, whereas <laughs> us three managed to brave it out. And then I think we just discussed that it, it really was quite a strange and un- slightly unsettling incident because no one had ever heard anything like it. And I have never to this day, I mean, I, 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 since um, I have, I, I seem to remember that at some point in my life I have listened to foxes uh, uh, yeah. on the internet, screech owls, all this sort of thing, and it was nothing like them. Nothing. It was Something felt completely unique. It felt bigger. It felt scarier. 
it, it you know it yeah it was fairly scary well one thing I would like to say is that I'm really <laughs> glad you survived it because this has endured through my life as yeah. my favourite sort of I'm going to call it a supernatural tale. Do you think? It is, it is. It stayed with me, and I'm so pleased because I've now finally managed to record it. <laughs> You've got it, of course. I've got it on there. It's not so, been lost. Yeah. so, on behalf of Captain Cove Podcast, JP, I'd like to thank you for those two stories. Well, I, I hope someone enjoys them. <laughs> thank you. There is the tale. Oh, it's a beauty, Jamie. I've never heard it. You never told it. I mean, the best thing is a shaggy dog story. Yeah. But not in a conventional way. (laughs) Bigger than a dog, smaller than a cow. (laughs) (laughs) It's brilliant. But that bit with it just like tramping about at the top of it, you obviously can smell him or something. He wants him. Well, that that would with frustration. Well, the the two points there, which I mean, I did make on the show, or one of them I did make on the show. Which is oh, sorry, on the recording is that if it was a fox, it wouldn't have been bold enough to yeah, come down there. Yeah. They slink some... about, and they don't sound like that. It sounds horrible, does a yeah, fox? You know what I mean? It's like, it's, it's like a woman getting killed or something. Yeah, I thought yeah, I've yeah. nearly ran blades before looking out a window like that. I, th- I think it's something like that. Um, but the, as well, the fact that like it was trying to get down there yeah. to sort of get to one. But again, looking at a dog, dogs don't. Howl, really. Yeah. People say, oh yeah, you know, howling. But it's more of a baying howl. Uh, and we all know what a wolf howl sounds like. Yeah, yeah. But what the hell was this? I like the idea of that American werewolf in London when that howls first time on that, you know, on the film. Yeah. It's like something you've never heard before. It ain't a wolf, it ain't, it's just something massive, yeah, it's horrible. Well, again, like as, as JP puts it, this thing had heft. Yeah, size, yeah, and it gave off a feeling of power. The idea of this thing pacing along the screen and stones oh above at the God, top of a waterfall, sniffing, hoping to try and find a way down. It oh. can smell these five young men, yeah. so like crouched below the a cliff. meaty flesh for the bag rest. <laughs> My God, wow, really, really good, and especially on them Mars, you know what I mean? All right, they were moving around a little bit, but you didn't stay yeah. to one little corner, is it? A beast like that, no, not running all. all over where the flesh is. And I tell you what, that it was almost as difficult to find JP as he was to find Debs. Actually, oh, I'm so glad he found him again. Thank you so much, JP. That was it. Well, the good thing about it is we'll probably hear a little bit more from JP later on. Ooh, is he a little treasure trove? He's it's different stuff. It's not necessarily sort of paranormal or supernatural, but we've got a. Um, he's, a, he's a keen fan of history ah, nice. and um, together we're looking into a little bit of something at the moment and he's helping me out in a bit, bit of a project so hopefully we'll be hearing a little bit more of him later on oh that's great, I'll tell you what I'd have been straight in that car with the other kids because <laughs> <laughs> nicked it and it over <laughs> <laughs> screw the lot of you <laughs> Right, well, it's getting late at Cracking Cove yeah, now. That moon's kid. come up. I know, it's that's pitch it. black. The moon's up now. It's spooky, it's scary, it's sinister. It's and the campfire, the fire's going low I mean, now. My mighty fire's actually yeah, burning out. Well, well, you've used up bloody driftwood now, haven't you? It's not come up anymore, on. You with your naked what, antics. The, the tales have got more and more frightening as the episode. Your tale were frightening enough when I saw fucking Plenty have said that. <laughs> 
But this is the thing about it. We've had we've had some quite gentle ghost stories. Yeah. We've had um, sinister shadow people. We've had a phantom hound. We've had Sasquatch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we've had yeah. So now it's time for us to sort of just sort of like wrap it up with a, with one last story. And the good thing is for you. It's a little treat from Debs. Oh, nice one, Debs. Yeah. And it's only a little story, this, but it's I I, I found it it tickled me. Yeah, it tickled yeah. Me. So we're gonna have this one from Deb. So you for to to round off the episode. Yeah, finishing yeah. off this this mighty five parter. Yeah, that's round it. to you, Debs. Yeah. So we lived in Bradford for a year, and my husband goes to bed early because he has to be up really early to get to work. So I'm used to creeping about in the dark. I mean, I've yeah. got like night vision. Anyway, I've gone up to the bathroom, went to the loo, and I've got my dressing gown on. And I pulled the door open. And then as, as I pulled the door open, I thought, oh, I haven't taken my dressing gown off because I used to put it on the back of the bathroom door. So like everywhere's in darkness, not even really that much street light. Yeah. So I op- as I opened the door, there was this just jet black outline of a person stood in front of me. Oh, my God. And I went... Oh, sorry, and shut the door to And then thought, <laughs> what am I doing? And I pulled the door back up and there was nothing there. But it was it was jet proper, blacker than black. This oh. out, I could see it perfectly, this outline of it. And it was a male looking male outline. Sucks, yeah. But you're about as and tall you... as me. And I just went, oh, sorry, and shut the door to again. <laughs> you apologised to the Yeah, you can make it up, could you? <laughs> I love that. You know, he's waiting behind door and that thing, right, I'm going to get her. Yeah. right polite, oh, sorry. <laughs> like, oh, damn, I'm going back to hell. <laughs> Can't scare that one. That's brilliant. Yeah, that's a great. A bit of laughter at the end of it. I we love always it. like a little bit of fun at the end of Cracking Cove. Well done, Dan. Thank you for both of us. They're both pearlers. Yeah. Great stuff, great stuff. Sorry, I think he's been... I think it's been my favourite Halloween of all time. Yeah, it has. I've loved you know, it. It's yeah, really yeah. good. And the good thing is now, you see, because um, none of the kids can come round. We've got to keep all the sweets. I know. I tell you, the best thing is no one's knocking on Cove door out of the, you know, maybe we can get cosy for it. Yeah, that's so what I'm going to do, is yeah. get cosy for Halloween. So we're going to get the DVDs on. Yeah. yeah. I might be watching a bit of Fright Night. Oh, yes, and the rest. The Exorcist has to go on at 12, you know oh, what I mean? Oh, does that go on? No, the only thing that's going on at 12 is fucking cracking Oh, true. I hope people have done that. Yeah, the witching hour. Put it on after. One <laughs> Clock, get the exorcist on it's a beauty <laughs> so we'll be back next week uh, with another episode but then we're going to take a little break for a week or so um, not too long we're not going to leave you uh, in the in the lurch and what we might do we might drop a couple of little lighthouse episodes just to sort of like wet the whistle um, but come mid-November we're going to be back with a force yeah. but, um, so until then happy Halloween everyone and happy is it, Halloween and it's a big goodbye from Matt it's a big bye bye from Benny <laughs> See you guys. <laughs> See you later. There are three ways you may contact Kraken Cove. Either by email at podcast at gmail.com On Twitter at Kraken Cove Or Instagram at Kraken Cove Ha ha!